I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me remotely today is William F. Crandall, local author, Delaware author, uh, who has a series of uh, private eye novels, uh, I understand, uh, in, in the works. Uh, welcome, Bill. Glad to have you with us. Thank you, Paul. It's good to be here. I'm really excited to hear about uh, your background as a writer, uh, how you've sort of evolved over time, what your inspiration is, and where your career is going at this point. We were talking off air about this uh, Private Eye series that you're, you're working on. It sounds really exciting. Let's go back to early on in your career. What, what got you interested in writing? Presumably it's, it's fiction, but uh, let's, let's hear about how you got started. Well, uh, I guess, first of all, I, I did well in a consecutive bunch of English classes. By the time I got to high school, I had, uh, I had two things. One is uh, I took two years of journalism working on the school paper. Uh, I was the news editor the second year. Um, the year before that started, um, I was selected for a student council sponsored tour of Europe, six week bus tour, which is great. I, I was one of the winners, and but I had to come up with the money for it. Mm -hmm. So one of the places that I, I asked, because I was thinking I could sweep a store or something, I, I went to the local weekly newspaper, the Sylvania Sentinel Herald, and he wasn't at all interested in me sweeping. He wanted to have me write letters home that he could publish when I was on my trip. And then while he was at it, he thought, um, we used to have a column of high school news, uh, could pay you a nickel a word. I can control the length of it, that's great. <laughs> I didn't learn typewriting until later. <laughs> I remember an English teacher of mine in high school telling me I had a tendency toward verbosity. <laughs> oh. I, well, I that happens. We share that, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, did a lot of writing in, in college. I, I went to Ohio State. Uh, uh, I was I was fairly political, um, so there were leaflets that I did. Um, I was co-writing a, a novel that fortunately disappeared entirely um, with my old roommate uh, while I was in the army. I was in Vietnam. Uh, story wasn't really particularly good, but. Um, it made me start thinking of uh, things I wanted to write. And uh, I had written a short story in high school. It was kind of cute and that was about it. But um, I started to work on, uh, naturally enough, a Vietnam novel. Hmm. And what I wanted to say about Vietnam was that it just was not going to be our war, no matter what we did. Um, wrong place, wrong time. Uh, 
So I, I did a novel, The Doom Slick of Ap Hua, which um, it had, the point of it was there were a lot of uh, alternate worlds. And from these alternate worlds, um, people who had in some way uh, had Vietnam in their past and was in it uh, were selected. Uh, at the beginning of the novel, you see um, what was unfortunately an interrogation technique that was used uh, a bit in Vietnam. Uh, they tied up two prisoners, took them up in a helicopter, got up high, kicked one out, and uh, he fell to his death. The other one would usually talk. My, uh, in my version of it, they kicked the wrong guy out. They kicked out uh, a sorcerer hmm. who puts a curse on the, on the helicopter that whenever anybody who had come as a foreigner to Vietnam to fight, um, wished that they were back. They went back. So I had, uh, I had a guy from uh, a world in which uh, the Confederacy won the Civil War. And there were three American republics in Vietnam. Um, when they went to war with each, with each other. Hmm, uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, one version, the United States used nukes on the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Uh, it's a very thick, long jungle. Didn't, wouldn't really have done that much. Um, an invasion of the North. Well, oh, thank you. So um, that's where I started. And uh, while I was working on that, I met my wife Judith, who you so, interviewed. So this this novel or this uh, that you were working on, that's just after you got back from Vietnam. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it it incorporated uh, things I had experienced and mm -hmm. uh, things I hadn't. That's you know, that's. That's one of the lovely things about fiction is you get right. to, as Tim O'Brien says, tell lies. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, met Judith, uh, who you've interviewed recently, and uh, she was also a novelist. Um, so we exchanged manuscripts, and I'm thinking, what if this is really awful? <laughs> well, it wasn't. It was very good. Uh, it was the first draft of uh, the woman puzzle that she talked with you about. Mm -hmm. and, and the writing was good and the story was good. Mm. Uh, that's it. So uh, we have supported each other in writing for uh, almost 33 years. Um, tried writing a story together once, uh, a humorous honeymoon story that we wrote on our honeymoon. 
Um, we ended up having several arguments <laughs> and deciding the story really wasn't all that good. So, um, I had written a couple of fantasy books. The Doom Slicks was one. Um, I had written one in an alternate world, really alternate world, sorcerers, um, uh, no motor vehicles, but uh, what a sort of a medieval feel to it. Mm -hmm. um, I called that the curse of true love and I didn't find a home for it so far. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started thinking, it's, it's really a lot of work to invent the whole universe uh, every time you write a book. Um, and I liked, uh, I liked the idea of doing something like a private detective novel. Um, so I thought, how can I do this? Well, I took some things I knew. Um, I wanted to put it in uh, the immediate post-World War II era. And, uh, I wanted to put it in uh, Washington, D.C., which is where I lived at the time. Okay. Um, and I, I knew a lot about PTSD. I've, I've professionally been a veterans advocate for a lot of years. Um, and I have PTSD. And, uh, but in 1947, uh, even in 1967, they didn't really know what it was. Right. So an awful lot of guys uh, medicated themselves with alcohol or something. Um, and mostly kept their mouths shut because they had weird tendencies. Mm -hmm. uh, waking up and screaming, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I invented uh, Jack Griffin. He's a World War II vet. Uh, I've read a lot on World War II. Um, he is uh, he's a former captain in the 101st Airborne Division. Um, he has nightmares that are quite often about uh, Bastogne and there's nothing to be done for it. Uh, but that's a period uh, in the late 40s when the world had essentially torn itself down and now it was rebuilding um, really the world that seems to be coming to an end this week. Um, <laughs> you know, So um, I thought there's an interesting period uh, that I'm quite familiar with the backdrop for mm -hmm. my my academic degree as a doctorate in American history. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and of course, I've been an American for 77 years. That's right. that's training. Um, so there are also a number of famous people in that era 
who are interesting. And I decided, you know, one of the tendencies that historical novelists have, have been doing is to write the normal disclaimer that uh, characters are fiction, uh, but also to say um, historical figures are used fictitiously mm-hmm. and have nothing to do with what's in this novel. So in the, the first novel, it was called, let's say Jack Kennedy killed the girl. And, and Kennedy and my detective Griffin both meet the same attractive woman at a public function. Kennedy waltzes away with her. Um, and it, uh, it's later her body is found in her apartment and uh, Kennedy hires Griffin knowing he's a private detective um, to take the case. Hmm. Um, the evidence is fairly compelling. He didn't try to hide that he was with her, so there'd be a number of people who could identify him. Was, uh, Jack Kennedy was a young uh, congressman at that point. It's in his first term. And uh, the, the solid side of uh, Kennedy had come out during World War II. Um, but not a whole lot in his first few years in Congress. He, he was, people bragged him for being a, a playboy, um, which wasn't unfair, really. Um, but, he, but he had some strong qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he and uh, Griffin like each other, and, uh, and Griffin takes the case. The second one in the series is If Only Truman Were Dead. Uh, and as, as you might guess, uh, it opens a window on uh, an assassination plot. Um, the thing I had left over from my own graduate studies, uh, when Harry Truman became president, there was no way to really re, to replace the vice president until there was another election. Right, right. And that was three years. So um, next in line after uh, if anything happened to Truman would be the Speaker of the House and then the President of the Senate. Right. Um, both of them solid Democrats. Harry decided that he didn't like uh, the idea that the president could name his successor. So he sent legislation to the Hill. Uh, it went to the House. Uh, uh, sorry. It went to the House, uh, they liked it, uh, the Speaker liked it, and uh, went to the Senate, and I said, what is this? It puts the Senate behind, <laughs> nothing happened. The bill sat on the table. Mm-hmm. The next fall, the Republicans took over both houses of Congress, <laughs> and therefore both of those jobs. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they thought, 
this succession rule really needs changing. Mm -hmm. So they changed it exactly to that. If anything had happened to Truman, uh, a lifelong Republican hack named Joe Martin would be the president and so on. Um, so that, that had some room for some nice tension. Mm -hmm. um, I am just finishing a little reworking on the third novel, which is called, But Patton's Dead, right? In which Howard Hughes hires Jack Griffin to investigate what somebody has told him that Patton's death was uh, fake and Patton is being held somewhere incommunicado. Uh, and the fourth one is called Mr. Hoover Will Hate This. <laughs> um, one of the pieces of Jack Griffin's background is before the war, um, he was in the FBI for a short time, but he and Mr. Hoover didn't see eye to eye, and he quit. And that was when he joined the army and, uh, and went to war. So this is a this is a case. He he has occasional brushes with the FBI, and uh, they're usually unpleasant for him. Well, we have a few yeah, minutes left here. Let me just quick remind our listeners: you're tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guest uh, joining us today is William F. Crandall, uh, Delaware author. Uh, Bill, it's uh, really in exciting to hear about this uh, Jack Griffin series that you're working on. I understand you recently uh, got this, uh, you've been working with a publisher on this, is that right? Yes, uh, Devil's Party Press uh, is offering me a contract that I'm going to sign uh, for a four-novel series, the four I just described. Um, probably one every six months or so. Okay. okay. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure how soon the first one will appear, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Now, are any of these other works that you alluded to earlier, are they published? No, I've had a number of short stories published. Okay. Um, I used to write reports for New York State and uh, and federal um, offices, mostly veterans stuff. And some of those reports I consider my first published fiction. Okay. Now you mentioned off air a short story, The Last Lieutenant. And I understand you won awards for that one? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I won the Delaware uh, state prize for best short story from the National Women's Press Association. Okay. And uh, that also won an award from uh, Devil's Party Press. Um, I have been told I, uh, uh, there's a banquet tomorrow night that the um, National 
Women's Press Association is having to name the national winners. And uh, so far I know I'm one of them. Oh, great. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> which, which order, I don't know. But any of them uh, sound like, and they're okay. They're okay. That's it. That, 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 sounds real, that sounds really exciting. I, I want to go back. Uh, we've got about a minute and a half left. I want to go okay. back to something you talked about early on in the interview. And I, I, I want to tie up a loose end. It was the, okay. high school, the high school job. Did you end up writing those letters from afar? Yes, I did. I did. And, and the newspaper column. Um, the, the, the second year I wrote, um, my girlfriend from that period was, um, president of the student council. Okay. okay. So I got to have long conversations with her to, to drag out the news that I needed to write up. Okay. And one final question. I know your wife Judith is an author, but also I believe she uh, taught English for a number yes. of years. Are are you a have you been a history teacher in the past? Uh, I have some. Uh, I, I taught Western civilization in Vermont for okay. a semester, really, but um, but it was a good experience. Okay. Well, Bill, it really has been a delight chatting with you today about your work, your Jack Griffin Private Eye series that is uh, going to be coming out with Devil's Party Press. Uh, it, it's really, I love hearing authors and sort of how they get their start and how they evolve over time. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Paul. It's been great. I enjoyed it very much. Thanks.